Hello, my field daisies. Today's life lesson comes from Adrienne. She's a yoga instructor with a YouTube channel called Yoga with Adrienne. And she said something during a yoga session that really stuck with me. And that is stand tall like you love yourself. And so as you go about your day to day, I just want you to remember to show yourself the love and care that you give to your family and friends. All right. Let's roll the intro music. Hello again, my field daisies. Uh, I'm keeping this podcast episode super short and super sweet uh, because I am in school and I really don't have time to be talking for an hour. And I don't think y'all want to hear me talking for an hour anyway. So... Yeah, I do have to say, uh, I guess, sincere shout out to my friend Celie for introducing me to Yoga with Adrian. I want to say that's where I heard that little statement or phrase from, but I really can't remember if I, I actually I know it's from that like a, one of her videos, but I don't remember if that if that's exactly the wording she said. But I think it is genuine, genuinely very true. You should stand tall like you love yourself. Um, and that kind of brings me into today's topic, which is about Peloton. So uh, trust me, it relates. Okay, so a Peloton is an at-home bicycle. It is the latest fitness tech. Um, a lot of people are raving about it. It basically is a built-in Wi-Fi-enabled screen. Um, so it's a cycling bike, but it has the screen for users to live stream workouts with quote-unquote celebrity instructors on demand. Uh, and it, it's, it's kind of a bit of a cult like like there are certain things like soul cycle or pure bar or, or or crossfit that just become this this entity this fitness entity and peloton has made themselves um an at-home fitness entity uh before in the past cycling could be seen as really really boring and now with this competitive leaderboard system this screen, this exciting instructor yelling at the person to bike harder, et cetera, et cetera. It feels like a real cycling class, right? And it probably, hopefully, I've never tried it, should feel like a real cycling class because the cost of the bike starts at $2,245 or $58 a month, plus the cost of a membership. Yes, you have to have a membership to actually get access to these instructors, which is $39 according to Peloton's website. Website. So with the equipment and subscription, it would cost a user about $3,000 a year just to be biking at home on a Peloton by yourself. Um, and that's not to say that the experience isn't similar to a cycling class. Like I said, I've never tried it. I don't know. Uh, obviously, people really, really like it. Um, but the thing I really wanted to talk about that is just so interesting to me, it happened in December and it was basically their holiday ad. And I don't know if any of you you guys have seen it, but it was literally a Vox article said Peloton's terrifying new ad is the best horror movie in recent memory. It got it blew up. It got so much controversy for being sexist, for being creepy and horror like. Um, for those of you who had not seen the ad, uh, the Peloton said, this holiday, give your loved ones the opportunity to discover their strength whenever they want it all year long. And the ad was officially known as the gift that gives back. In summary, the ad has this woman. Uh, her name is 
Monica Roos in real life, but in the ad, she plays this woman who has a husband and he gifts her a Peloton bike for Christmas. And she is seen basically vlogging her experience using the bike. And the, the mannerism that she has on her face is just one of like worry and concern. And then at the end, it is revealed that these little second vlogging minutes are actually spliced together into a one big thank you video. Um, <laughs> and so we find that they're like watching the entire video that she's been vlogging her journey on the Peloton bike. And it, she says, thank you for giving him, for giving her, him giving her the bike um and it is it is just i i can after i'm sure uh if you guys google it and watch it you i i think you can see what people are talking about the fact that she is this perfectly fit woman who is gifted this exercise bike it seems kind of condescending like like you don't you don't necessarily gift someone weights for Christmas. I mean, it's just insinuating that they need to work out more, you know? And so I think Peloton really hit the wrong note with this marketing campaign that I'm sure none of them, obviously none of the executives who approved the ad didn't even think of that. But this this story happens over and over again, right? Companies let these ads come out that are racist or sexist, homophobic or queer baiting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And companies don't even realize it. And so I think this one is, it, it definitely teeters on a fine line, right? I mean, it's not overtly, I don't think that's what they're insinuating with the message, especially what they wrote for the description of the ad, right? But apparently it had a material impact on the company. So Peloton stock dropped as much as 10% on Tuesday. Um, I guess Tuesday that the ad was released. Let's see. It's a Bloomberg article. It says it was made in December 3rd, 2019. So on that Tuesday, it, yeah, their stock price dropped 10%. And on Wednesday, the company responded and said it was disappointed by how the holiday uh, commercial was misinterpreted, right? And the reason why I bring up this ad now is because there's this new article on Fortune that was literally February 3rd, 2019. And 20, it said that those controversial Peloton wife ads may not have hurt sales after all, that says analysts. So basically, Wall Street analysts are predicting that despite the backlash from the spot, Peloton's second fiscal quarter earnings, which will be reported February 5th. So I'm recording this <laughs> at midnight on February 5th, but apparently at, at close of market day, they will announce the fiscal quarter earnings. Earnings. So I'm just going to record half this podcast now, go to bed, and then I'll finish it and uh, give you kind of an update on how their earnings actually are. Uh, but back in December, okay, so investors were really quick to pump the brakes. I'm literally reading this article word for it, by the way, so don't think these are my words. But um, yeah, they're quick to pump the brakes, uh, slashing some of $1.5 billion off the fitness company's market cap in the wake of the ads and an ensuing controversy. Uh, but having since recovered much of their losses, stock is up some 20% from its dip in late December. This is now February. And still off from an all-time high. Um, so yeah, so this guy, um, Raymond James, I'm guessing this is an ad company, I don't know, is a guy named James Patterson. He believes that the ad debacle won't have a material impact on Peloton's upcoming earnings. In fact, quite the opposite. And basically, just to paraphrase what he says, because I've been <laughs> literally reading word for word, I don't want to necessarily, or actually, 
I take it back. <laughs> Let me say exactly what he said, because this is actually a quote. <laughs> so he said, uh, Patterson said that the ad didn't appear to have any effect on sales trends during the period and likely suggests that what we had expected around it, that the people who were upset weren't going to buy the bike anyway, whereas the ones that were buying it were still happy with the gift and are enjoying the product. So yeah, and the hypothesis is backed by stellar iOS reviews. And I can definitely see that, especially to taking a marketing class now. I mean, at the end of the day, customer satisfaction is a really, really big part in terms of gaining market share and increasing profits, right? But the thing is, you we, what we're learning is that you don't necessarily want all customers. Um, and there are people that are probably never going to buy Peloton bikes and people, and then these people that actually do buy a Peloton bike and they see the ad and they start complaining, they hate it. They, you know, call customer service a hundred times a day, complaining about the bike. Um, they can't access, um, some music content on the bike. Um, because this is also another news story, uh, that, uh, Peloton has been, sued over playing licensed music so music from really popular artists they didn't necessarily pay the licensee fees for them and so um actually let me scroll down to that but yeah so it's kind of just like pe- like people would people that necessarily complain about stuff like that aren't necessarily uh no offense financially worth it for peloton to keep anyway and it seems that the com- the people that do like the bike they seem just fine, even with the whole controversial ad. The ad wasn't enough to stop them from using the bike because obviously their experience with it was complete the opposite of what the Peloton quote-unquote wife was experiencing. Um, but yeah, so in terms of the story about the um, music copyright, so this is a very recent article as well. This was in January uh, 30th, and basically a U.S. district district judge uh, squashed Peloton's counter lawsuit today against music publishers who claimed the fitness company violated rights to use select artists' music in their workout videos. And so the lawsuit originally sought damages charges of $150 million, but doubled to $300 million in September after the NMPA discovered more improperly licensed music. And so, yeah, a lot of classes have been removed from their library because of the fact that they use licensed music without paying for it. And people have claimed that the quality of their music has deteriorated since the lawsuit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, I want to get more into this a bit later of the whole fact that the reason why I even wanted to do this podcast anyways, because I was listening on my new Google home, which ad, by the way, sincere shout out, they're not paying me to say this, but if you have a Spotify premium account, you can get a free Google home, like legit, I have a free Google home because of it. My brother has a premium account as well. He got a Google home, but he gave it to me because he already has one. So I literally have two Google homes, a hundred dollar value for free because of Spotify premium. All right, now back to the podcast. What was I talking about? Oh yes. So on my Google home, I listen, I literally say, Hey Google, uh, play some technology news. And I don't know where this source was because it was just listening to it. But basically, Peloton is positioning themselves as a tech company, not necessarily a fitness company. Um, and that's, that's that really, really struck a chord with me because the news person or whatever was saying that a lot of companies now are positioning themselves as tech companies, including a fitness at home bike. Um, because the thing with technology is it can be patent, right? Um, and so... 
Peloton can avoid copycats and because they are patenting their so-and-so technology, which I mean, in terms of like, I don't necessarily, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know IP law or anything like that, but just thinking about the whole process, I mean, it just seems like a money grab move, move, right? I mean, why, why in the world it can Uber not, you know, patent their technology of ride sharing? I mean, Lyft exists and is, is a heavy competitor of Uber. So I don't really understand how all that really works. But yeah, they've literally stopped people from making, I don't even know what to call it, at-home cycling classes, I guess, at-home cycling bikes with a Wi-Fi-enabled screen. Um, but yeah, so basically there's this company called Flywheel, and it's made by a brand called Echelon. And so they raise funding um, to co-find, so basically a brand called Echelon, which raised funding from an investment firm of Jay Galuzzo, co-founder of Flywheel, whatever. They offered a blatant, so, so, so blatant knockoff copycat down to the similar logo design of Peloton for $899.99, 900 bucks. So basically they offered the whole same service for $900. Um, and so, yeah, um, it's interesting because now there's, you can name any sport and there's the Peloton of that, right? So Jed Katz, he's the managing partner at Jen, Jed Katz, managing partner at Javelin Venture Partners, who personally invested in Peloton in 2012. He was surprised that the workout bike went viral so fast, but now he says that they're literally the peloton of anything peloton of x peloton um echelon they sell you know the company that does fly they sell a mirror-like product called echelon reflect there's this peloton started this whole new market for at-home quality um workouts that you could get at the gym so literally selling the technology that enables you to have that same feeling of being in a class and also a tag along is the actual equipment, right? So the actual equipment doesn't even seem to be the issue here. The thing that they're really selling is the technology, uh, which I guess really makes sense in a certain way of why they labeled themselves as a technology company. I mean, of course, they don't market themselves really as a technology company. The, the bike is an integral part of their advertising campaign. But in terms of, you know, getting patent technology and suing people for having quote unquote the <laughs> patent uh peloton stuff um yeah i think it's just hilarious so in terms of the whole situation with flywheel um this is literally an article from february 4th 2020 um the flywheel agrees to cease using peloton's patent patented technology Peloton won. They sued Flywheel and they won. And in terms of Peloton and what their chief legal officer has said, Haisokushi, uh, um, I'm sorry, Haisel, I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, but he or she, because I can't tell what gender you are with your name, I apologize. They said that they're very excited to have a registered a massive win in our fight to protect Peloton's intellectual property. This results reinforces the strength of our patent portfolio and reaffirms our lead as an innovation company operating in the intersection of fitness, technology, and content. <laughs> I don't know why I just read that as if I was a cycling instructor, but 
Yeah. Uh, Peloton was pleased to announce that they settled its patent infringement litigation against Flywheel Sports Incorporated. And as a condition of the settlement, Flywheel has agreed to immediately cease its use of Peloton's quote unquote patented technology. And patent has in- that patent, Peloton has agree- agreed to dis- dismiss its litigation against Flywheel. So yeah, it's interesting. It's so crazy. And especially just just crazy to me personally, just because I'm trying to develop an app as well. And then I was in this competition, like this tiger cage competition was basically is my university's shark tank competition. And a whole a question on the judging scoring sheet was all about intellectual property and and are 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 the competitors um, necessarily keeping intellectual property in mind? Do we have our assets in set for that if we were to create a new idea? And so just all of this just baffles my mind as well as just the fact because I've been just wrapping my brain around how to patent necessarily my idea right and I don't I don't know I mean obviously I bet all of this is a quick google away but that's just kind of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast episode I really literally had no idea about Peloton until that terrifying ad came out. Like I knew what it was, but in terms of my media sphere, that app is what really blew that company into my into my media vision, I guess. Media is so saturated nowadays, and I've talked about this all the time, but media is so saturated nowadays that everyone is not watching the same things necessarily. Um, nowadays, media is niche focused, right? And so some of you have, may have seen the Peloton ads, some of you may not have. For me personally, that's what kind of blew them into my, mm, I guess, yeah, like I said, media sphere, whatever, I digress. But (laughs) I think the reason why this terrifying holiday ad even struck a chord with me was because I literally saw Monica Roos, Roots? Monica Reds? Reds? I'm so sorry, Monica. Monica Reds, Reds, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) the girl from the peloton ad um she literally in the the same week i think or or literally the next week ryan reynolds put her into one of his his commercials for his um, aviation gin company he 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 brilliantly played and onto this whole viral controversy and gave monica sort of a second chance or sort of a an option to sort of explain herself in a certain way um it's it is damn clever i have to say uh so basically in um ryan's ad he literally posted it on his youtube his personal youtube channel um and said that this is the basically the title of this ad is the gift that doesn't give back um it is a legit call answer and call to peloton's ad it has over six million views and it's basically uh, monica sitting with two friends drinking the gin and she's and she's sort of playing that um, peloton wife character right the sort of wide-eyed um scrunched brows dazed look and she's just drinking her gin and her friends are like yep yep appear to have some more gin (laughs) like they're like you're in a safe place now um it's hilarious it's clever it's awesome um and I personally, Ryan Reynolds and also Blake Lively also just saying their goals, their couple goals, their everything goals. But Ryan Reynolds is such a smart businessman, I feel. Um, not even just in his acting career, of course, the alcohol company, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, but I watched Jimmy Fallon's interview of Ryan when he talked about 
you know, how he snagged the Peloton wife for aviation gin, right? Okay, so I just, I kind of just, wow, I'm at 20 minutes already. <laughs> Basically, in a nutshell, um, it's eight minute video, but he only talks about the Peloton wife for like 30 seconds, literally. He spends the rest of the thing, you know, joking with Jimmy and it's, it's amazing. He's, he's the best interview guest, I swear brilliant but yeah basically the story of how he got her was it was really hard to reach her for one he um and then uh but he kind of convinced her that this was a um not necessarily a rib against peloton okay so sorry let me back up he basically in the jimmy fallon ad he says that it was kind of hard to get her but he ended up getting her and it was great it was they shot it in three days i think or no sorry not three days they shot it in yeah 36 hours is that three days math, whatever, someone else do it, (laughs) someone else do it, they thought in 36 hours, but in terms of the extra information that I know about this, so uh, Monica actually went on the Today Show with Ryan, uh, talking about the whole thing, and uh, from her side, just the more death of the story, she, um, she didn't necessarily really want to seem like she was capitalizing on this viral moment, right, Um, she said she had a great experience working with Peloton, and she didn't want this to be seeming like she was making fun of Peloton anyway, so she at first didn't want to do the ad with Ryan, but he kind of, him or his, or his agents or people or whatever, convinced her that that was definitely not going to be the case. It was more of just a chance for her to start over, I guess. Um, and that's sort of what the whole point of the ad is. It's just, she's literally cheering to the friends, saying to new beginnings. And I think that is so beautiful because usually what happens in these sort of controversial moments is that the actor gets all this backlash. She gets, her name is literally, if you Google Peloton wife, she pops up. I mean, this is never, she's never going to live this down necessarily, right? And now, it's almost like being typecast. Like, um, for example, Seth Rogen, he's kind of typecasted as the comedy guy. She's literally typecasted as the Peloton wife. And that's really not necessarily uh, a space you want to be as an actress or an actor. Um, it's hard to get jobs if if you're only known for being in it, this really controversial ad, right? But Ryan gave her a new chance. And I think it's just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story. And um and I'm not trying to diss on Peloton, right? I mean, companies do this all the time. They just miss the mark. I, I honestly think it's quite a clever company, um, despite all of this stuff. And I am very interested to see what their finances is going to be like. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess I will take a pause for now. It's literally about to be 1 a.m. <laughs> I'm trying, you guys. I'm trying not to be a night owl, but um, it's slowly but surely happening, right? And I also am trying to commit to actually doing this podcast. Uh, So thank you. Thank you so much for sticking with me. And yeah, I will literally, it'll be like nanoseconds for you, but I will literally come back here at the end of the day and let you know just how well Peloton is doing. Stay tuned. All right, I am back. And before I get into Peloton's second quarter revenue results, I do have to say uh, I recorded the first part of this podcast 
super, super late, like 1 a.m. or so on Wednesday. So um, I remember I did say that I couldn't calculate 36 hours and I thought it was three days. Um, I know it's a day and a half. Uh, just please excuse my tiredness for not being able to figure that out. And another thing I wanted to mention was Raymond James is not an ad company. They are in, they are an investment bank company. And I feel like I had to say that because they are coming to visit my school next week or so. Uh, but yeah, so James Patterson from uh, Raymond James predicted that the controversial ad uh, wouldn't really necessarily have an effect on Peloton's upcoming earnings. And in a certain way, that is true. So uh, in the second quarter of 2019, they made $466.3 million in revenue. And this is higher than the estimate that analysts said, which was 423.7. Revenue rose 77% from uh, a year earlier. So in 2018, um, they earned basically 77.77% less, right? Uh, But there is uh, um, uh, some interesting stuff. So in terms of their share price, um, they they had an adjusted loss per share of 20 cents and this was um, a bit higher than the 34 cents estimate Uh, but uh, in terms of the bad news so there is conflicting results with their revenue report Uh, they had a net loss of 55.4 million and uh, a year ago in 2018 they had a 55.4 1 million. So they lost a little bit more money this go around. And in terms of their third quarter revenue estimates, Peloton actually said that they're going to be making between 470 million to 480 million. And this is lower actually than the 491 million estimate. Um, the firm expects annual revenue to land between $1.53 billion to $1.55 billion, which um, is higher than the estimate of the $1.49 billion. So you can see that this is a bit confusing, right? So they expect their revenue to be lower than what analysts estimate, um, but they assume that their annual yearly uh, revenue is going to be higher. Um, so yeah, I think that is really, really interesting. Uh, in terms of their subscriber growth, they added 149,000 new subscribers in the three-month period, and this pushes their total to 712,000 subscribers. Um, they expect total subscribers to reach between 920,000 to 930,000 by the end of the year, and this is um, above the previous forecast of 895,000. And in terms of analysts, now they seem to be in conflicting modes, right? So um, an analyst at BMO Capital, uh, his name is Simon Segel. He lowered his price target from $27 to $26 following this um, financial report. On the other end of the spectrum, uh, Yusuf Squally at SunTrust is boosting his price target from $30 to $37. 
And so I actually checked the uh, stock price as of right now. So as of uh, the end of day yesterday, uh, the stock price is closed at $32.70. And now today on Friday, um, February, uh, what is February? February 7th at 10.25 a.m., the stock price has decreased to $27.32. And this is about a 16% decrease. So in finance class, we learned this theory called the efficient market hypothesis or the efficient market theory. And there are three levels to this theory. Um, At the first level, there is a weak efficient market. So this is the lowest degree of market efficiency. And it says that you cannot predict future stock prices on the basis of past stock prices, right? So they believe that the stock market is completely random. And when when weak form exists, you cannot trade on any sort of pattern within the stock market. And technical analysts believe that this is necessarily true, right? And to a certain extent, the stock prices do actually reflect past information. And on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, there is a strong efficient market hypothesis. And in this hypothesis, it says that everything is knowable, even unpublished information. And that has already been reflected in present prices. So past, public, and private information, the stock market reflects this completely accurately. Um, analysts also don't think this is necessarily true because if it was true, then insider trading laws would not exist. Um, the fact that people getting information early would not be punishable because in the strong, efficient market, um, the stock market accurately reflects everything Um within you know the economic society or whatever and so the little middle part of this um, theory the, the second I guess level um, is the semi-strong efficient market hypothesis and so with this hypothesis there's a lot of evidence supporting this one right and so it basically says that you cannot use any published information to predict future prices And so this believes that the current stock prices adjust rapidly to the release of all new public information. And so both past and public information can be used to predict stock prices. Um, But trading on solely on public information does not necessarily produce abnormal returns. Uh, So the stock market actually reflects all public information. And I think the with Peloton, this theory sort of holds true, right? Peloton released its financial report on Wednesday, and two days later, um, the stock prices are starting to decrease. And so take Raymond Jones, uh, James Patterson from Raymond Jones, for example. When I recorded this podcast before Peloton released its annual earnings for um, the second quarter of 2019, he said that, uh, you know, the controversial ad would not have any effect on Peloton and its potential earnings. But when the results were released uh, at the end of the day on Wednesday and the earnings report has had sort of mixed statistics, um, the stock prices rapidly began to fall. Like literally two days later, the stock prices were falling. So if James Patterson would have known about this the earnings report before it was released, right? He somehow got a hold of it before Wednesday at the end of the day. Um, He could have sold a lot of his Peloton stock and then 
you know, two days later, it would have fallen. He would have known this information early. Um, and so, yeah, um, the fact that he didn't know and the fact that um, the, right when the the earnings report was released publicly and the stock market began to reflect this, I think semi-strong efficient market hypothesis does hold true to a certain extent, right? Uh, but the problem with this theory is that it's theoretical. It lacks sort of a practical perspective. It doesn't necessarily explain market anomalies like um, the stock market crash or the financial crisis in 2008 um, when the housing bubble kind of burst and uh, people were losing their jobs and losing money. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I will definitely keep you updated on Peloton because I do believe that... Uh, it is really hard to say what is going to happen with this company. Um, I, I, I have, I have been constantly after I guess <laughs> searching so much on Google about Peloton for this podcast. I am getting Nordic Track, uh, which is I guess a competitor of Peloton. I've been getting their ads everywhere, nonstop, Facebook. Google, Instagram, literally the same ad over and over again, and YouTube over and over again. Um, and I'm not even interested in buying it. I'm literally just researching it for my podcast. But looking at the ad, um, it basically looks like a Peloton bike. There, you know, there's a screen, there's a leaderboard. Um, the thing that's interesting about Nordic that's different from Peloton actually is there's a uh, way to increase the incline of the bike. Um, they also have uh, running treadmills that you can also increase the incline. And so I'm guessing maybe because of these slight differences, it's not necessarily going to face the same fate as Flywheel. I mean, it seems to be doing pretty great. Uh, I've heard no news of Peloton trying to sue them. Uh, so I think this market is starting to be a bit saturated. I think I was wrong in the fact that I thought that Peloton was going to be the only, um, person or company that could do this whole, um, at home workout sh shindig, you know, um, Nordic track actually looks pretty interesting. It's cheaper than, um, Peloton. With the machine costing a thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars, and the no necessarily subscription included for the first year, I think is what it said. This is in comparison to Peloton's bike, which is two thousand and two hundred forty five dollars plus the thirty nine dollar subscription per month, and so it's cheaper. Um, I think it looks a bit better. The screen is a bit bigger. Um, there is a fact that you can swivel the screen. So um, you can, you know, do so there's also weight workouts or, um, you know, mat workouts you can do off the screen as well. You can just tilt the screen, put a mat on the floor and start doing other workouts. Um, I think that is really, 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 really um, interesting. The when I was reading reviews, um, Nordic Track versus Peloton, they said that if you really, really want high energy interactive um, cycling classics, they would um, pick Peloton. So like I said, I've never tried either of these products. I've only read one or two reviews, but it seems like Peloton still has that competitive advantage based solely on their content. Their cycling content is something that apparently is unparalleled, but who knows? 
yeah, so uh, that's the podcast for today. Uh, I'm actually going to stop doing the whole poetry thing after the outro song. Uh, it just like I said, I'm trying to expedite this process of recording this podcast, only really trying to stick to 30 minutes. But if you really want me to bring them back, literally just message me. <laughs> Because like I said, I don't really have that many listeners. And so literally, if you just personally message me on Daisy's Days on Instagram, uh, yeah, I'll just include the poetries back again. But yeah, until next week, uh, I love y'all. Thanks for listening. And I hope you have a Daisy-ish day. Ooh, 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 ooh,